At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. There's no greater message than what we're talking about tonight. And the title of our series, at least right now, is The Spirit of Truth. Nothing more important than you and, un- you and I understanding the third part of the triune being, Father, Son, and Word, and Holy Spirit. And the person of the Holy Spirit, we've got to know. He's, he's not an it or a thing. He's a person. And we've got to know Him. Amen? We've got to know Him. And we've got to know how to tap into Him because, because He knows everything about everything. There's not anything He doesn't know. And so when I don't know something, I have no excuse. Truth of the matter is, when I don't know something, I don't know what to do, I have no excuse. The deal is, we have to develop our ability to yield, to hear, to understand His voice. There's His voice, and then there's a million other voices, literally a million plus other voices, trying to distract us and convince us that His voice isn't real, and that what He said in His Word will happen, will not happen. We have to know the Holy Spirit. It's not enough to have the the logos, the the knowledge of God's Word. It's not enough. It's got to be revealed. He set it up. That's why He left us, the Holy Spirit, to live in us, to reveal all truth to us. So, we started last week looking at the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament, looking at the Holy Spirit a little bit in the Old Testament in the New Testament, because see, the, 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 the Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are still Old Testament, right? Most of them, you know, till the last two chapters. <laughs> and then we get a count of him resurrected, and all of a sudden it changed. But they're still living, Jesus isn't, but everybody else still living Old Testament rules. There were a few things that were, that they got some down payment on some stuff and they started operating in what it was going to be like on the other side of the cross, but for the most part, it's still Old Testament, but we'll call it um, the middle section of between new and old, right? So we started talking about that in Jesus' ministry and how the Holy Spirit became alive in Jesus in His ministry. And then we looked a little bit, and we're going to spend more time on that tonight, seeing the Holy Spirit in our lives, in the church world, in, in the age of the church, and how the Holy Spirit operates today. You, you, you realize, remember this as we read these verses of Scripture, God is the same yesterday, He's the same today, and He's the same forever and always. He's never changed. So when we look at Him, and, and tonight I'm not going to spend as much time on that because I'm going to spend... The majority of time, and if you, if you kind of did a little bit of homework like I told you to do reading, if you're here last Wednesday, uh, reading 1 Corinthians 2 and spending some time in it this last week, then that's where we're going to spend most of our time tonight, 1 Corinthians 2. Um, but Genesis 1 and verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness on the face of the deep and the Spirit of God. Everybody say the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. 
Have you ever seen anywhere in the Bible when God was doing nothing? He might be resting, but that's not doing anything. That's not doing nothing. So, you know, when I, when I first got born again, I mean, I wasn't, uh, well, let's see. No, I was about a year old. When we were at New Mexico State, I was, a, we were, I was about a year old in the Lord, right? Yeah, yeah. So, second year of college, and I'm just born again enough to be dangerous, <laughs> right? <clears throat> and, I, and, I, and I was dangerous. I was looking for somebody to slap and repent later on, you know? <clears throat> and... And I had a, I had a sociology teacher that knew the Bible front and back. They, I literally think that guy could quote it backwards. And, uh, and he, you know, in that class, there are no absolutes. That's the way those teachers think. There's just nothing absolute, you know. And so no matter what was said about, he always bring up the Bible, and, and I would get in an arguing match with him in class, but I didn't know enough, and he'd just shoot me down, you know? And it made me look like I knew absolutely nothing, which I didn't know a whole lot, right? And, and but, but he, would, he would make comments about Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3. And he said that God was schizo. Mm, that's a that's a that's a you know bold statement, and he said he said in he did he 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 was in creation in chapter one he was in creation in chapter two and then he changed his mind in chapter three, and I thought, I mean that guy really helped me because it made me go to the word and figure out this stuff. I'm going to understand it. So what I'm saying to you tonight out of this verse, and then I want to move on. What I'm saying out of, out of this passage right now is that the Spirit of God was hovering, but the Spirit of God had a purpose, hovering. Because in verse 3, then God said, and creation started, right? But notice, he's in, Spirit of God's in verse 2 before we see the Word of God in action through the Father. Before the foundation of the world, the Bible says that God was. God meaning God the Father, God the Son, or the Word back then, the Word and the Holy Spirit, okay? So they, that was God. That, they were one. They're three in one. They're, they're one. So before the foundation of the world, there was just Father, Word, and Holy Spirit, right? But the Bible says, and, and the Spirit of God and the Word of God and the Father, they've always been the same. They'll always be the same, and they never change, Right? So, this is just something to think about, okay? And, and I want you to meditate on this as we continue on. What was the Spirit's job hovering around? What was, he, what was He doing, you know? Looking for some fish or something or, you know, I mean, not, there was nothing created. There was nothing. He was prepared to do His job. What is His job? He's the Spirit of truth, Right? Father is Father, 
spirit of truth is the spirit of truth. He's here to reveal truth, and the Word is the Word coming out of Father's mouth. And Father spoke as it was revealed by the Spirit what needed to be said. So, so Father already knew what He wanted to say, but it was revealed by the Spirit because that's that part of Him, that part of Him that is revealing something. So He didn't just think, well, let's see, what are we going to do next? Okay, light be. No, no, he knew exactly what he wanted to say, and it came from the Spirit, what he said. Think about that. Meditate on that, okay? So, that's Old Testament, okay? Uh, Luke chapter 4, we read this last week. We read a bunch of other verses of Scripture, but Jesus was baptized in the river Jordan, baptized in the Holy Ghost, came up out of the water. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He said, the father did, spoke over him that way. He went and he was tempted in the wilderness, comes out of the wilderness victorious. And we, so we see it in verse 16 of Luke chapter 4. So he came to Nazareth. Now, he is Jesus, okay, the Son of God who became the Son of Man. Now, He's the anointed Son of Man in the earth. He's not the Son of God in the earth. He's the Son of God, but He's not the Son of God in the earth. That wasn't His purpose in coming to the earth. It was to become the Son of Man to lead us and reconcile us back to God because what we talked about last week, what Adam and Eve lost in the garden. They lost the connection. We see Adam and Eve, and then all of a sudden they're hiding because they're naked. Why are, you, why are you hiding? Who told you you were naked? Right? All of a sudden, in that moment, the Spirit of God's gone. The Spirit of God is out from them. They were created spirit, and now it's separated. Right? So Jesus, from the moment that happened, actually, the Bible tells us that before the foundation of the world, He already had the plan of redemption set up. Already. It was already set. Right? So, when God gives His only Son for you and I, for all of humanity, He gives it with one thing in mind, to be reconnected to us by the Spirit. Amen? And Jesus says this, and the first part of what He, what he said here when He's in the synagogue, he, here, here He is in church, okay? So let's say Jesus is standing up here behind the pulpit. And he begins to say this, and this was his custom to do this. He did this a lot, right? And it says, so he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. Everybody knew him. He was Joseph's son, the carpenter's son. Um, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, stood up to read, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Hmm. Notice what he didn't say. He didn't say, I'm the Messiah. No, wasn't time for that. They couldn't handle that. <clears throat> they just started throwing stones in church. No, he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, that he sent me to 
heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, sat down. All the eyes, all the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all who bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth, and they said, is this not Joseph's son? All of a sudden they start thinking, and then a few verses later, they're ready to throw him over the side of a cliff. But you know what he, you know what he really said was this, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of God is in me. He's on me. He's living in me. He's, the, he's why things are going to happen in the days ahead. He didn't tell them this, but that was it. All the miracles and everything that was happening was because he's, been re, he's brought the, the connection of the Spirit back to mankind so that God can be one with you and I through the Holy Spirit. There lies the purpose of the Spirit of truth living in you and I. We have a purpose on the earth, and we cannot accomplish the purpose. I'm going to say it again. You will not accomplish the, person you, the, the purpose you were put here for without the Spirit of God active in your life. Active in your life. So, one example, okay? So... <clears throat> And, and we'll get into this a number of nights in, in the weeks ahead where we teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues and what that looks like. And, you know, every time we do this at least once a year in, in teaching on the Holy Spirit, it's not enough just to pray for somebody to receive the baptism. People have to be taught. You have to be taught how to receive it. It's not hard. And it's a gift from God, and it's for everybody. It's for every human being that's ever been created, the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues is for everybody. But first off, I want to talk about tonight the benefits of it for us today. And an example that I was going to give you right here. So, you go to sleep at night. And uh, like when you get out of church tonight, I mean, maybe it'll be dark, but, you know, a little bit later it'll be dark. And darkness and the enemy go hand in hand. The enemy's in darkness. He didn't create darkness. He's in darkness. He didn't create anything. He's a jerk, a bully. He's all those things. He didn't create anything, but he's in darkness. So you go to sleep one night... And you wake up in the middle of the night, and I'm giving you an example that's happened to me hundreds of times in my born-again life, hundreds of times, where I've woken up in the middle of the night disturbed in my spirit. I get up, and the tendency, when you're tired, you're sleepy, you've been disrupted, the tendency is to just meditate. 
Meditate on why you're disturbed, something maybe that you're thinking about. Maybe you woke up thinking about somebody and you're disturbed about it. Meditating on that disruption makes things worse and worse because the only thing that the enemy has is a voice. He has no power. He's been defeated. But he has the voice of deception to try to convince you that what he's speaking to you right then is more real than internally what the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you. And so through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what he's given us is the ability to shut those thoughts down and give the enemy no place in that moment and hear from God about, okay, why am I awake? Am I just disrupted? Is there somebody that needs my prayers? Something need to be going on? Well, you're not smart enough to figure that out. I'm, I'm just telling you right now, I'll just help you. You don't have to figure that out. You don't have to meditate on that. You're not, you're not smart enough to figure that out. But he is. He knows everything about everything. And if he lives in you, he's trying to get some things over to you. Like I said, that's happened to me hundreds of times through the years. One of the things that I've learned to do is what I'm telling you right now. So you wake up, you get up, you go wherever you're going to go. Maybe you lay in bed or you get up, you do something. I have to get up. And I start praying in the Spirit. Just, just close your eyes and listen to me for a moment. I have a purpose. As I'm praying in the Spirit, and I can pray in the Spirit at will, any moment of any day, I don't need to be on my knees in a closet somewhere with my hands folded. I can pray while I'm driving down the street. I get up. This happened to me just the other night. I get up. I start praying. And while I'm praying, understanding is coming to me. I'm getting thoughts and ideas about, okay, what's going on? What happened here? What's, What's tried to manifest or what's disturbing me? And what happens if I stay with it, if I stay with it, and I pray in the Spirit, the understanding comes, and we'll get into that in the weeks ahead, <clears throat> but the understanding comes to give me the, under, the, the, the understanding to know what to do, how to pray, what to declare. Maybe there's something wrong. Maybe there's an issue going on, but the Holy Spirit will reveal that to me. So, What happens to me all the time when I pray in the Spirit and I pray through that, peace now comes over my body, I go back to sleep. If I don't do that, sometimes I can stay up all night, be disrupted all night long because I'm giving place to the thoughts. Amen? So, in 1 Corinthians 2... Last week, we read the whole chapter, and that's what I'm going to do again. 
I'm just going to read it in a different translation. So just follow with me, and I'm just going to make several points. Not going to take the rest of the, not going to take too long. But there's so much in this for us. There's so much that the Apostle Paul was saying to the church at Corinth that he's saying to the church in Kerrville today that we've got to get a hold of in our lives every single day. We don't have to be depressed. We don't have to feel like we have no answers. We don't have to allow what the world is doing to, we don't have to allow what the world is doing and saying to affect our lives. We don't have to. Because we have somebody that has all the answers. Everybody out there just thinks they know the answers. They don't know the answers. He knows every answer about every situation that they'll ever be on planet earth. And we have access to that through the blood of Jesus. Paul says this, and I'm reading this out of the New Living Translation. Paul says, verse 1, When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ. The one who was crucified, the, Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. And, and he could have come, he had many educations, he could have come in impressive words, he could have come and dazzled them and impressed them. He didn't come in that. Watch, and this is the reason why. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Yet, when I am among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world, nor to the rulers of this world, who are soon forgotten. No, the wisdom we speak The wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God. He said, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God. His plan that was previously hidden, even though He made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. That's where we see that. He had the plan before the world began. Before Adam and Eve, He already had the plan. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would have not crucified our glorious Lord. That is what the Scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. What's that saying? What you see with your eyes, what you hear with your ears, how you feel in your flesh, has nothing to do with the plan of God for your life. Nothing to do with it. The reason we have to believe that is because we have to judge everything that we see and hear and feel, we have to judge that when something happens around us 
in our life, something happens, and then we want to make a decision based on what we see, hear, and feel. So, follow with me as he tells us how to accomplish this. But it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit. Now, Paul's writing to the church here. He's talking to the church at Corinth. So he's talking to us. Most of us are part of the church. Um, We were all created to be a part of the church. We just have to choose to come in, right? And so he's talking to the church here as he's saying this. He said... I'll read that again. But it was to us that God revealed these things, what He wants for us, by His Spirit. Watch this. For the Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. I'll read that again. For the Spirit, remember, this is the most important message you can ever hear. Is, is a message about the Spirit of God because of all the absolutes that we're reading here, right? He said, look what he says again. But it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit, for His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. So, Can you know the deep things of God? We just read that no no eye and no ear, no man's understanding can can, can accept and understand the deep things of God, but we can by the Spirit of God. We can know the deep things of God. We can know everything about God that we need to know. We can know it because of the Spirit of God inside of us. Mm, mm, mm. He says... For His Spirit, the deep things of God, no one can know a person's thought except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. God's own spirit. Ah, I love the way they say it there in in the New Living there. God's own spirit. But see, God's own spirit is one with my human spirit. Wow. Nobody can know the thoughts. I can't know the inner workings of Joey. I can know what I think. I can know what I pray about. But God's not going to let me pray in the Holy Ghost and know inner secrets about his life because that is saved for his relationship with God. He may show me something, because when you give, when you operate in words of wisdom or words of knowledge or or discerning of spirits, okay, it's just a word of wisdom. It's not a book of wisdom. It's not telling everybody everything that that they've ever done in their life. I, I mean, I've been around some really awesome prophets through the days and years. I've operated prophetically at different times, but but really. The real meat of it is in, is in how short it is, but how direct it is, because it'll touch on something that the person knows internally that they share only with God. 
My, my wife and I, we, we share all of our thoughts and ideas. We don't keep secrets from each other. But still there's a place that only God knows. I'm not talking about things I'm keeping from my wife. I'm talking about understanding and revelation. Same thing inside of her. There's a place with God that is a secret place that nobody else gets to share. No one knows the deep thoughts of a person except the Spirit of God that's in it. No one knows the thoughts of God except the very own Spirit of God, and yet that very own Spirit lives inside of me. So that means I can know the deep things of God, of God. If I've heard it once through the years, I've heard it a hundred plus times. Well, you just... Never know what God is going to do. <laughs> no, that's not true. It just takes time and development to know how to think like he thinks, to know how to hear his voice, and how to spend time with him in a way that he, he feels like he can reveal things to you. I, I, I feel like there are times with me that it's like, God's trying to get something over to me. Now, God can do whatever God wants to do. God can tell me anything at any time and, you know, send it on a banner flying across Kerrville, you know, and tell he can do whatever he wants to do because he's God, right? But he set it up for me to be able to receive from him from his still small voice inside of me. Yeah. But there are times when it's like I'm hearing God say through the years where I would hear him say to me, you're not ready for that. You're asking me for understanding, but you're not ready for it. More change has to come inside of you. See, because God doesn't want to just get something to us. God's not looking to just heal a person. He wants people to remain healed. He's not, he's not just trying to bless somebody. He wants people to live blessed because they know Him. You live in Him, you're healed, you're blessed, you're delivered, you're everything, but we've got to learn how to live in Him by the Spirit of God. No man knows the thoughts of God. No man knows the thoughts of another person like the Spirit of God. The more trustworthy you can be, God will reveal things to you about for other people because you learn how to keep your mouth shut and they don't know it, you know, uh, on the ranch radio the next day. Something you, God showed you about someone else, you keep it a secret. You pray in the Spirit for them. You declare things for them. Maybe you give them a prophetic word one-on-one. -on -one. You give something to them. But, but that's not for most people because most people would blab it. So, let's don't be those kind of people. I'm telling you, most people would blab it. Most people that I know, I'm talking Christians, they get some revelation, some deep revelation, and it was right, it's on social media the next day. Not good. Doesn't work that way. God has to trust us. Amen? And when He trusts you, He'll use you in a deeper way than you ever knew that you could be used. By Him. By the Spirit of God. Can you say amen to that? So he says, <clears throat> I 
So he says, after he said that about the thoughts of God, only the Spirit of God, and we have received God's Spirit, not the world's Spirit. So we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given us. Everybody say this, everything from God is free. Free. <laughs> You've never been offered that deal anywhere else. <clears throat> huh? Everything from God is free. Can you say amen? <clears throat> when we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. Now, in the week that we talk about and, and, and really focus on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this is one of the verses of Scripture that we use and, and really break down and talk about how important it is to understand that praying in other tongues is praying spiritual words. When I was praying in tongues a moment ago, as I was giving you an example, I mean, can you pray in tongues as an example? Can you pray in the, me praying in the Spirit, was that real earlier when I was just praying? I got two things from me praying in tongues right then when I prayed earlier. Because in 1 Corinthians 14, it says, we'll, we will pray in the Spirit when we're baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of praying in other tongues. We'll pray in the Spirit, and then we'll pray with the understanding. So every time I pray in other tongues, I get understanding if I believe for that. It'll come to you. Sometimes it won't come instantaneous. Sometimes you've got to pray for a while. But you have to learn how to do that, and you have to learn See, we're so programmed to hear up here, but we've got a set of these inside of us in, connected to our spirit, because see, our, the, the Holy Spirit is a person, so it means He has ears. He's a person, the Bible calls Him a person, so the Holy Spirit has ears. Okay? I wonder if they're real big ones. No, <laughs> no. But the Holy Spirit has ears, Right? And so, my human spirit has ears. So, I have to learn how not to listen to everything here, but learn how to listen in here. And that's what praying in other tongues does. It develops the ability to hear internally and give you the answer you need for anything you come up against. So, I'll say it again. If you've got an issue, you've got a problem, you've got something, okay, the more you understand these truths, the less excuses you have for things not working out because he's the one with all the answers that cause everything to work out, and that's what we have to admit to. Well, if, you know, that wouldn't happen if so-and-so hadn't have done that. Well, you can live that way or you can learn to live this way. Well, if the government, you can learn to live that way, blame game, or you can learn to live this way where you're on the receiving end of every answer you ever need in life for any situation you face. 
And when you don't, apparently don't get an answer or didn't get an answer that you were looking for, did that change God? I don't see anywhere in here where it says, yeah, this will work except when this doesn't happen. Mm -mm. So we just stay with it. For 45 plus years in my salvation with God, the 44 years that I've, so I guess 46 years I've been saved, 44 years that I've been married to this wonderful woman, we have never quit. When I say we, us, but individually we've never quit. Even when times were tough or things got whatever, it doesn't matter. We just don't quit. When it looked like God didn't come through in a situation, when it looked like this thing wasn't happening the exact same way, that makes me today want to press in even more because he can't lie. If he said, he would reveal to me all the great things he wants to do. And when I see something in my life that doesn't look like it's great, then we're going to get the true answer because he said he'd give me every answer. I can know his thoughts. I can know his ways. And I can step into those and choose to not be moved by these and these and this, but only by what the Spirit of God's showing me and revealing to me. Can you say amen? <clears throat> so, when we tell you these things, we do not use the words that come. I'm reading these two verses again. We do not use the words that come from human wisdom. Instead, instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. And that was ha that's what happens when you begin to pray in other tongues. You use spiritual words to explain spiritual truths. But people, watch, but people who aren't spiritual, now who's he talking to? The church. Okay, he's talking the church. He said people who aren't, aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. What does he mean by being spiritual? By choosing to learn to hear internally instead of being moved by these and these and this. That's what being, not being spiritual means natural. Doesn't mean unsaved. It means being natural, being moved by what you see, moved by how you feel, moved by what you heard, moved by this and that and the other, and not spending any time whatsoever praying in other tongues. I mean, you know, I'm believing this is not happening, you know, anymore, and people are not moving in this direction. They're moving in, in a fresh direction. How many believe that this country, this planet, is being saved? How many believe that? Amen? Saved, delivered, and set free. Glory to God. Because you're doing something about it. The body of Christ is doing something about it. In the, I, know that's, I know it's happening. The day that we're living in, we're making changes because of our choices. But the change that you have to make is not being ruled by natural things. I was in a conversation with a guy, I don't know how many months ago it was, 
And we just, it was just over the phone, just a friend I've known for a long time. We were just, in the, you know, over the phone. We were talking about the Spirit of God, and he was just making the comment. He said, you know, I just, you know, I just don't find the time. I don't really have the time to pray in the Spirit much anymore. He said, I used to do it all the time, but I, I just don't do it anymore. I thought, <laughs> because you've gotten yourself so wrapped up in natural things that you, I mean, you, you may, you know, if, if I was to ask, I didn't ask him this question, if I had to ask him this question, he said, well, no, 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 I'm not trying to do it on my own. Yeah, you are. Yeah. If you're not going to use the Holy Ghost, then you're doing it on your own. You're one of these natural guys. Everybody sitting in here is natural. Or you wouldn't be sitting in here. <laughs> Everybody's in a natural body. Slap it for a minute. <clears throat> yeah, so you're alive. You're natural. But we don't have to be ruled by the natural. And that's what this saying. I really encourage you to spend time in this chapter. In this chapter. And read it in a dozen different translations. Because God will show you new, fresh things in every translation that you read it in. Let me just read these last two verses. He said, it all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Only those who are spiritual understand what the Spirit means. Why? Because you back way up, they're taking spiritual words, and they're using the spiritual words to discern and understand spiritual truths. If you're using your natural mind to understand spiritual truths, eh, it, it's like playing one of those pinball machines. Some of, you, some of the younger people don't know what a pinball machine is. You used to play the pinball machine, you get mad at it. Bam! Hit the thing. Tilt! And it just stop. We don't want that with spiritual things. Mm -mm. We don't want to just allow ourselves to hang in the natural, trying to understand spiritual things from a natural perspective, what moved by everything I see with my eyes, hear with my ears, and what my flesh says. Recipe for disaster. Recipe for disaster. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things. But they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the thoughts, the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach Him? Question mark. But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. He's, you know, when He says here, in other words, those who are spiritual can judge all things, is that what that word is saying, but they themselves are not judged by anybody because when you're judged by God, it doesn't matter what other people think, right? I'm not talking about it in an offensive way. I don't care about that. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying you're not moved by what other people think and what they do because you're judged by God. When you're evaluating and judging things based on what the Spirit of God is saying, then your connection is to how God feels about a situation, not what your emotions say. And the way we get there 
is by praying in the Spirit. So in Genesis 1, we saw the Spirit of the Lord hovering. And from there, He was doing His job to reveal to the Father what Father wanted. He carried those things out. And all of creation, you and I, all of humanity, was created then. Adam and Eve were created but what he had set up for all of humanity included us because the Bible said God had a plan for your life before the foundation of the world. Wow. Before the foundation of the world. That's why by the Spirit of God, we've got to tap that plan. We don't want to live our lives and, and, and bodies go to the grave and not fulfill the purpose and plan that God had for us. But the only way to fulfill the purpose and plan God had planned for you before the foundation of the world is with the understanding of the Spirit of God and learning how to yield to His voice. There is no other way. I wish there was. I wish there was a shortcut. But not really. The longer I've walked, I really, those shortcuts aren't any good. Every time you find a shortcut, <laughs> then it shorts something else out. Right? We don't want any shortcuts. We want the real deal. And the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the real deal. Amen? And we saw what Jesus did for us. And when he stood up in that synagogue and he read what he read, everything was fine. Oh, that's Joseph's son. But he said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Man, only the Spirit of God could give him the boldness to say that. And all of his childhood friends ready to kill him. Hmm? And they talked bad about him for the next three and a half years. And everybody forsook him, the Bible said. Not always that popular to live a spiritual life. Hmm? Not always that popular. But it'll always win people because when you're truly walking in the Spirit, you walk with answers. And you walk in your life with manifestations. Don't ever judge somebody, well, that, that's not man- that didn't happen and that didn't manifest. So that, no, 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 no. Don't ever judge somebody else that way. See? You allow the Holy Spirit to judge you, your life and you evaluate the things in your life that you're dealing with and going through. And as you do that, God is able to trust you and then you're able to help other people overcome, not judge them and condemn them for what's not working in their life. Never do that. Never do it. Yeah, you have to help people. Yeah, you have to be sometimes firm with people about situations that they don't want to grow up and do what needs to be done. But never, never judge them like God can't help them. Amen? Never judge people that way, like God can't get to them. Hey, if he got to you, he can get to anybody. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.